launching a card is such a core part of today's financial services. Whether you're an incumbent or a fintech, a card is likely, or will likely be, a cornerstone product in your portfolio and an important contributor to your revenue. What baffles me is that with all the new technology platforms, banking as a service and experienced program managers, there's still a gap for firms and entrepreneurs to really understand what goes into launching and managing a card. I'm Tearsheet Zach Miller, and in collaboration with Galileo, we wanted to shine some major light on the card launching process, making it easier, smoother, and if things go right, more successful. And to do that, we enlisted some of the best fintech and financial services firms out there to talk about what they've learned launching and scaling card products. We turned to some of the top brands like Wise and Dave with millions of cards in their users' hands. We also talked to the platforms and banks, firms like Cross River Bank and First National Bank of Omaha. And we talked to Galileo, the technology and processing platform powering the cards of many of today's most popular fintechs. This podcast mini-series is intended to help get your card launched right. One thing you'll hear as we speak to some of the best in the industry is the need to plan well. It doesn't mean you'll get it right the first time around, but at least you'll have a way forward. We want you to know what's ahead for you and ultimately to learn from some of the best and brightest around who've launched cards ultimately used by millions of people and companies. Learn from their battle scars and successes. This is the first of a three-part series. To dive even deeper, I encourage you to download the guide we published incorporating all this inside information and more. To download your free guide, go to caresheet.co slash card guide. Without further ado, let's jump into the subject. We're kicking off this series with a discussion of the important thinking and planning of successful card programs. If you're thinking about launching a card, the first question you have to answer is why? Why do you wanna launch a card? The answer will impact many of the actions that follow. I asked Sharon Keen, Global Products and International Expansion at WISE, about the why behind launching a card. Sharon, what's the first thing a company or entrepreneur should think about when it comes to envisioning a new card? There's a lot of cards out there, um, especially in the US. I, I've never seen so many cards, and I think the average person here has too many, in my opinion. Uh, so does the world need another one? And like, why, right? So usually, it's it, if the answer is specific, then, then it's going to be good. If it's general, uh, it usually means someone's just sniffing around for revenue. And uh, I'd be a bit skeptical of that. And um, like try and push on like, hey, what 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 specific problem do you want to solve? Especially when you're first launching, because you can't build a great general card product, right? Yeah, there are a ton of undifferentiated cards out there. And to that end, companies tend to fall into two categories. One's where their card is a key strategic and functional differentiator in their product set. These types of companies put more time, effort, and money into getting their cards right. The other types of companies tend to see the card as an add-on, an add-on to their product, an extension to their revenue streams. Neither approach is right or wrong or better or worse. It's just a starting point. International money transfer firm Wise falls into that first camp where the card is a functional extension of the firm's value proposition. Sharon Keen plays a big role in the international money transfer company's card program. Sharon, tell us about the Wise card and why it matters. It's a debit card and it's a debit card in every market. And that was quite intentional. So what we saw was people asking us, hey, I want to spend the money that's in my account. Uh, and then they had another very specific problem, which was we saw that they were very international and they wanted to spend it in different currencies. So the really cool thing about the Wise card is whatever country you spend your money in, 
we convert based on the best conversion of currency. So you could be holding euros and spending in US uh, or India, and we'll pick the, the best way to do that conversion. Many of our customers have multiple balances. So there's some logic there around, well, do you convert from GBP or Euro or USD? And we take that, that, that decision away and just really make it work seamlessly for the customer. That's interesting. So the Wise debit card extends Wise's core value proposition. Contrastingly, Bluevine, an SMB banking platform, falls into the second category, where the card just makes sense and is expected by its customers to round out the functionality of their accounts. I asked CEO Eyal Lifshitz about the role his firm's card plays in its total offering. But the, the heart of this platform is a checking account. And when we think about um, checking accounts, of course, a, a portion, you know, component of that is, is a debit card. And so for us, when we set out um, to add that product within our offering, you know, of course, a, a debit card was included in the in the feature set of the checking account, but that was the mindset. You know, I do think that there are some companies that set out to launch a debit card or a card. For us, checking is broader. We have many features within the checking account, but of course, our customers expect that a debit card will come with that offering. Dave, a popular bank-like app, has its roots in providing its users overdraft protection. The debit card just followed. CEO Jason Wilk was responding to customer demand when he launched a card. Well, if you look at our founding, we started off by being a overdraft protection solution for any checking account in the country. As opposed to taking your Chase or Wells Fargo negative and getting charged a $38 fee, you would download Dave, connect your Chase account. We would then look at your transactions to alert you about upcoming bills that could overdraft you, and we'd spot you 75 bucks interest-free as opposed to charging you a crazy fee like your bank. That garnished us a lot of goodwill and a strong brand with our members. And it was no surprise that our number one most requested feature was for Dave to launch our own checking account as well. We felt it was very important for the long-term strategy of the business. So Dave's launch of debit card came directly from consumer demand, huh? The role your cards play may change over time. You may offer new cards, retire old ones. That's okay. But once you've figured out your why, all kinds of planning can commence. You'll hear over and over how important it is to have a vision for your card program in the beginning. And that's admittedly really hard, especially if you're new to launching cards, where the learning curve is steeper. The better planned you are in the beginning, the more likely your card will be successful. Here's FinTech Bank Cross Rivers' Anthony Pachulik, head of cards. And you'd say, hey, I'm going to start with a debit card, you know, but I'm going to add a credit card in the future, right? Because it makes sense where I want to add a, some sort of loan product or I want to add insurance, right? These are things you have to start thinking through and then being like, is my ecosystem that I'm looking to build up, what will I need to do to add to it? And if I do need to add, understand that that's going to be potentially another nine to 12 month kind of exercise, right? So that's what I'm saying is that things take a long time here, as you probably know. And, and, and to me, it's more just thinking and envisioning, envisioning just generally, hey, you know, of the products that are here now, of, you know, the five or six or seven, eight, whatever that, that my folks support, how many of those would I, you know, may want to do regardless. And again, it could just be a high level concept. You know, I just want to think ahead because, it, you know, I could cut that nine to 12 month down to maybe, you know, four to six months, right? Which, which is significant in terms of revenue. That's a good point, Anthony. It's probably a good time to explore the differences between debit and credit and the work that goes into them. First National Bank of Omaha powers 250 financial institutions, co-brand, 
reward, and affinity partner branded in-market card programs. That work has culminated in Bend, a credit card as a service platform the firm recently launched. Mark Butterfield, the firm's SVP of innovation and disruption, spearheaded the move into productizing his firm's work with cards. I think of a couple different things. I think what a lot of fintechs have done that have consumer-facing products already think of a, launching a card as a debit card product. And then they've done a lot of variants and a lot of exciting, innovative things with a debit card. Um, but if you want to launch a credit card product, um, the main thing to think about is they're not the same. Like just just know that they're they're not even the same animal. Um, there's nuance to credit card around. Now you're in the lending business, so it's it's almost like thinking of deposits and lending aren't the same thing. Um, and even though there have been debit card variants out there that look like credit products, it's still not lending. So once you get into the credit card, you are now entering into now somebody's lending something. So you got to think about who takes on the risk of that. Um, who balance sheets to securitize those loans. Like it's a whole host of things from a compliance perspective and from a management perspective that you're opening up a whole new Pandora's box when you want to get into that. Got it. Debit and credit are two different animals. Credit is its own undertaking and opens up a different type of opportunity to service customers. If you go this route, there are new things to consider. Some considerations there are, for example, um, one is what is the credit quality that you're targeting? That is a big question that exists in credit card, does not exist in debit card, meaning are you targeting prime, subprime, near prime? That is a, you know, a one question. Second question is what is the use of the card? Do you want this to be somebody who is a spender or transactor, or are you launching a credit card more as a lend product? Or is it an occasional revolver? What do you mean by that? Um, that question also brings about, are you launching a true credit card? Or are you launching a charge card or more of a corporate card? That, that is, is also an important question. Eyal, that sounds like a bigger decision set. For a lot of tech firms, this kind of planning is totally in line with their focus on deeply understanding and servicing their customers. Greenlight, for example, serves the general banking needs of families with kids. I think it is really crucial, but probably very natural for a lot of these fintechs and how they are so customer-led. Um, they know who their customer is. They've probably gotten feedback from their customers directly that they want. Hey, when are you going to offer a credit card? And so it's very natural for them. The, the work really needs to get into, well, how are you crafting the loyalty piece? What makes them loyal to you? Is it a currency you have? Is it is a rewards point system? Or is it something else entirely? Um, and so like, for example, when we launched uh, with our platform with Greenlight, they were really clear on all this. They had done a lot of planning and due diligence. We're talking six plus months of planning and work before they even came and talked to us. And they were really clear on the value proposition of why they wanted to do it, what they wanted to do, and how they wanted to create a loyalty program with a credit card. There's a tendency in some cases to want to get a card product quickly to market. Maybe it comes from the entrepreneurial spirit. Maybe it's market driven. Maybe investors want it. The main thing, though, is to not cut corners with testing. Philip Cormier plays a pivotal role in business development for Galileo, which as a platform offers card issuing, payments, checking, savings, deposits, and lending via APIs. 
he and his team generally are the first touch point an entrepreneur or firm has when they connect with Galileo. Galileo has played an important role in many of today's top fintech cards. Philip's seen a lot of winners, and when it comes to planning, he cautions against taking shortcuts. It can be enterprises as well that want to enter the payment space is um, there's an anxiousness about getting to market very, very quickly. And shortcuts, right, start to creep in. And to me, the biggest pitfall is rushing it. Um, test, test, test. Um, we have, you know, the road is littered with, you know, broken down cars that did not test. They did not give themselves enough time. And you've heard this. I, I, I say this a lot, probably too much, but there's an old advertising uh, adage that the fastest way to kill a bad product is with good advertising. So you rush to market, you got this fabulous app, you've got all these great you know, marketing techniques and the product doesn't work right, it has bugs, customer service isn't good, you have too many declines and it dies quickly. Um, you really get um, very few chances to make an impression. So that that's the number one is um, being too anxious to get to market quickly and not taking their time, making sure it's done right and test, test, test. I guess when you zoom out a bit, Philip, the difference between a successful card launch could be boiled down to an issue of value. Sure, there's a marketing lift needed. Companies need to execute well on communicating, but it's about value. Does your product fill a need and deliver value to users? Is it different from the sea of sameness out there? Amazing thing about WISE is it's not the kind of company where you have to go into a room and brainstorm your vision. It's, it's really built on the vision. And that mission originally was built out of a frustration that banks would charge these hidden fees for people to move money between countries. And many of the people who I work with at WISE have experienced this personally. So me included, I, I moved over to Hong Kong, sent some money back to the UK, and then realized that the amount I got in the UK wasn't what I expected. I'd, I'd done the check the exchange rate and was expecting a certain amount and then saw that like a decent amount had been taken off. And when you see that happen and you understand it, you have this real fire to want to change it and so that's why we don't need to do mission brainstorms we're like we know what we're here for uh, and everything we build in our product is about solving that problem it's about making it easier cheaper more transparent and uh, and faster to like move money around the world understood for some companies clarifying a vision for the card follows easily if there's a vision for the business and how it serves customers if that's clear it can flow through to the card product so when we launched this, there's a lot of thought that went into, okay, what are we going to do different and how are we going to differentiate and what's sort of the approach here? And the key areas that we um, started out with is, first of all, invest in really making onboarding very, very easy and simple. If you look at the market for consumers, you have more and more options to open accounts online. For small business, not as much. It's It's... There's a lot that goes into that. First, the onboarding is more complex, but there's more compliance and there's more risk management and so on. That is an area that we heavily invested to create a very strong digital experience of online onboarding, which very much hit the, was you know on point in terms of trends. It was the beginning of the pandemic. You couldn't go to the branch. And many of the traditional financial institutions didn't offer online onboarding for small business. So that was a, a you know, Part of the car offering, how do we create a very seamless online digital experience for opening an account and, 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 you know, and getting the features and services that you need? The second part was we crafted the offering 
in a way that would appeal to our target segment. Part of that was offering a very um, friendly account experience that offered a lot of the services that small business need. We really wanted to set up, create a full service experience, a full offering, a rich one, not to just have a narrow based debit card. So even though we launched with the debit card first, we realized that we're really going to go and invest and build true end-to-end banking. And then as part of that, very much look to create a lot of value to our customers in an account that didn't offer any fees um, and um, didn't come with all the nickel and dining, the traditional checking account comes with for small business. But then in addition, offering yield on the account, which was unheard of for small business. So creating a lot of um, attraction and benefits for the product. And we did see um, a lot of interest, even when we started. I see. So if you get this right, and not all firms do, the impact of introducing a card to your customers can have impact across the business. But to get there, it really ties back to the discussion around overall vision and value proposition. Stash is an investing app that helps people get started on the long road of saving and building wealth. The firm's stock back card is pretty cool. It enables users to earn fractional shares of stock in the companies where they spend money. So if I'm buying a latte at Starbucks, instead of receiving points or some cash, I'm actually passively building a portfolio in the companies I choose to do business with. Liza Landsman is CEO for the firm. Stockback is a debit card that allows consumers to earn stock when they shop for their everyday expenses. Uh, the idea for it came from our founder, Brandon. Um, a lot of folks inside the business have been thinking about what is a way for us to actually like connect everyday spending with investing and had sort of gone through a lot of ideation on different kinds of rewards. And then I think it was one of those things, like all great ideas, it was obvious in hindsight, when they kind of hit on this idea, they sort of jammed for a weekend, put out an MVP, um, kind of tested the waters with a small group of customers and said like, hey, if you're interested in this, like, basically like sign up, put money in the account and we'll send you this card to spend against. Um, it sort of took off like wildfire. The reception was amazing. And so the team then said, all right, we've got something here. Now let's actually like take all the feedback we got from this small group of beta users and, and build something over a slightly longer period of time than a weekend. Um, and we actually just got the patent for it a couple of months ago. So we didn't want to have a sort of a product in our ecosystem that wasn't like directly tied to the mission um, of the business, just helping everyday Americans kind of invest for their long-term future. And this card is really intended to be like a companion piece that reinforces that value and benefit. And one of the great things we observe is that um, for our consumers who use the card, at least 33% of them go on then to make incremental investments above that. So it is actually serving that purpose of like helping as sort of an on-ramp um, to get people in the habit of like consistently investing over time. That's a really powerful example. You don't have to get it correct right out of the gate either. It could take time, tweaks, more conversations with customers before a card really takes. The iterative process helps to hone the card's value proposition. By iterating, it's not only the digital experience, but it's the actual value prop. It's the, it's the uh, loyalty program that you're using. How are you creating that loyalty? How are you sustaining loyalty? How are they redeeming the, the points? Um, 
Where can they spend it at? Um, there's all these elements that go into a successful program. And very rarely do you get it right on the very first try. Um, and so it is iterating. And then it's iterating both the type of credit product you're offering, but also the value prop that you're delivering. I think Top of Wallet comes by having a feature that really differentiates you at the front door. There's not a lot of differentiation in debit checking account services themselves. It's all about the surrounding features. As far as having a, a debit account that attracts people, I think it's table stakes at this point to have no overdraft fees, have no minimum balance fees, which Dave was one of the first ones to, to bring to market. But it's really what else do you have around it and how do you bring customers in? So cards are really about understanding your customers' needs and fulfilling them. Once you have your value proposition straight, or at least have a strong hunch, the planning process requires modeling up the program. You'll need to come up with a distribution plan that takes into account how fast or slow you plan to scale your card. How many users will you have at time X? Choosing the right partners, and you will need partners like a bank and a processor, will help you answer some of these questions. Yeah, and that's that's the expertise that we can bring. So, so um, we just want to know things like engagement in their in their store or in their digital experience. How many users, daily active users, do you have? How do you think about delivering this in terms of an offer? And um, you know, via traditional or digital means. And then we use our experience to say, okay, this is this is kind of the take rate you'll get. This is the market penetration you think you'll get. And um, you know, of course, like any sales group, you 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 kind of put it at a place that might be a little more than what's expected. But it depends on the partner. We have ones that 10x what we think, and we have ones that are a tenth of what we think. So it's all everywhere. But what I but we can bring that experience. We can bring the decades of experience of launching these partnership programs and say, okay, we think it'll perform kind of like this, but it. It could be way better. It could be way worse. So we usually provide three different scenarios, like a low, medium, high, um, and, and deliver that. Yeah, yeah. In the formative stage, modeling a card program sounds like it's as much art as it is science. I mentioned partners. Launching a card requires partners. There's no way around it. You will need partners, deep partners. You'll be working with these firms for years. So like a marriage, it's important to find the right ones. And like a relationship, knowing what you want and what you need will make for better pairing. We'll explore more about choosing the right partners in our next episode in this three-part series. I'm Zach Miller, Tearsheets Editor-in-Chief. This episode is available wherever you get your podcasts. But if you want a full transcription, that's available on our website. Go to tearsheet.co to get it. And there's an accompanying guide, Card Launching 101, How to Launch a Successful Card. You can get your copy for free at tearsheet.co slash card guide.